Olá, o meu nome é Miguel Rigo e estou aqui da parte da Funds People para dar as boas-vindas ao podcast com o tema Investir na Economia Azul. Paulo Pacheco, responsável de Sandativos no BPG, o Banco Português de Gestão, vai estar à conversa com Teresa Blutker, especialista de investimentos sustentáveis em ações na BWS. A conversa será em inglês e esperemos que seja do vosso interesse. And now let's hear from Paulo and Teresa. Hi, Teresa. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you for this opportunity to share uh, with us your views about this uh, such interesting theme uh, that is uh, blue economy. So, uh, can you describe us uh, what blue economy concept means? Yes, of course. Uh, bom dia to everyone and uh, thank you for having me. And yeah, I think that's a quite interesting question because I think some of you have heard of water funds. Uh, they are quite uh, famous in the market and they deal rather with the topic of water efficiency, water utility. Um, but what we want to talk about today is really the topic of the sustainable blue economy, meaning everything that is related to the oceans, all the industries that are operating, for example, at the sea or have a link to the ocean, meaning everything that has to do with um, transport, shipping, coastal protection, fishing, of course. So you already get an impression it's really not just about the topic of uh, water, or, water or clean water, but really about the ocean and in the best way about the sustainable ocean. So making those sectors more sustainable. Okay, thank you. Uh, into account what you said, what are the main characteristics uh, that differentiate uh, your fund from uh, the, the other competitors? Yeah, there are actually not so many competitors in the field yet um, who really focus on the topic of, of the ocean that I just explained. And I guess one of the, yeah, of the main differentiators is already the concept, the focus on, on the ocean and to make this part a bit better because, yeah, actually our daily lives are, are dependent on that when we think about the, um, um, the uh, carbon emissions would, uh, which are absorbed absorbed by the ocean, and one um, yeah main USP I guess um, from this product or especially in the field from from our company is our engagement part. Meaning, um, if you do active engagement with the companies when you talk to them, when you define KPIs to make them more sustainable, so to speak, to contribute better to the health of the ocean. This is something that goes just beyond, um, let's say, the investing part. And therefore, um, there, there are very few competitors in the market who also do this active investing in combination with engagement, where we um, have partnered with the WWF Germany because um, they really have the expertise in the field and they even um, help to develop the principles for um, sustainable finance especially with regards to the blue economy principles. And therefore, we believe that this is a quite unique approach, um, which helps to give the product really um, a high quality when it comes to the ocean and also a high level of uh, credibility. So can you point uh, some examples or names that are eligible for your fund? And if it suffers or not uh, some kind of bias? Yeah, the, the, the thing is when I, when I just talked about the definition, I think many people think about primarily the, the fishing, um, topic, of course, yeah. or also transportation. 
you know, like the, the big ships. And of course, they are also part of the fund, but actually it's, um, much bigger. So of course, with more than 50%, the fund is allocated in the industrial sector. So when you think about the MSCI jig sectors, it's primarily invested in, in industrials. But also, of course, for example, in a material sector or consumer staple sector. And very important to note, within the industrial sector, we are quite diversified. And to give you um, an example of what you were just asking for, when you have a look at our uh, current top 10 positions, um, it becomes quite clear that we actually have been able to have this broad diversification because you find companies in there like, for example, underwater cable producer who connect offshore wind park with the land. And by doing that, they really want to make sure that they don't destroy um, maritime ecosystems and really put the cables in a way to avoid um, to destroy um, life below water, for example. So this would be one example. Another example would be um, a company which offers algae-based food. Um, so, for example, this is helping um, to better um, to, to improve nutrition, for example, for for fish, um, in order to to make it uh, more sustainable and, and healthier. And um, yeah, um, also do this on purposely in a in a dedicated manner, so that, um, for example, life below water, the animals um, don't consume like the, the the massive amount of plastic that you find in there. So this is rather in the consumer area. And um, on the other hand side, of course, also quite importantly, um, we we also have um, the big topic of packaging. As you know, um, there are st statistics out there that if we continue the way we consume, like we do now, by 2050, we might have more plastic in the ocean than fish. And therefore, it's also important for us to focus on companies which um, already are on a good pathway to reduce um, their plastic packaging or to, to um, do it in a way that it is recyclable. So therefore, you can see from um, also certification companies um, to the underwater cable company, nutrition to packaging. Um, this is quite a broad range of, of companies that you find currently in, in our top 10 positions and overall, of course, in the fund. So taking this uh, into mind uh, and boldly speaking, um, who is the target of your fund? Is a, a pure uh, sustainable uh, strategy portfolio or can be headed uh, uh, a diversified portfolio? Is it a yeah, good start to, to invest in this uh, ESG uh, area? Yeah, that's a very good question um, because you heard that the topic is pretty niche, a very niche um, offering, meaning maybe for the investor who wants to start with a, let's say, sustainable green portfolio being globally diversified across all the jigs sectors from MSCI, so all the industries, this might not be the perfect start um, because it's really a concentrated portfolio on the topic of ocean. And therefore, we believe it's it's rather for the investor who already has an established, let's say, green portfolio, globally diversified. And now he wants to focus specifically on the topic of ocean, meaning he wants to make his green portfolio a bit bluer, if you will. And by that, having the chance to 
have a better diversification and of course maybe also in the future potential better return opportunities because um, the SDG goal 14, which is life below water, it is one of the uh, most underinvested SDGs right now. And this, of course, means that um, there are a lot of companies who still have um, potential for improvement and some companies also who just start um, going public in this area and therefore have the potential to um, have a certain um, share price increase. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us what strategies do you put in place? And uh, I would suggest to, to take uh, more uh, time and detail a, a bit more uh, about uh, engagement. Yeah, um, unfortunately here I am not allowed to, to talk about single names right now because um, the fund is quite new. We only launched it in, in April of this year. Um, but when you think about, let's say, um, the shipping industry, I think um, this is one of the most controversially discussed um, areas because just recently, again, we've seen um, the, the the big issue, the challenge that we have oil spills because um, the, the ships, when they um, yeah, when they have accidents, they lose this massive amount of oil. And of course, this is still the main um, power source for them. So to give you one example, um, this could be an area where we um, focus on companies and help them to, to become more sustainable in a way that we um, want to see from them how they want to improve in the future or already have started in a way that they make absolutely transparent how, for example, the safety on board is, how they have been able to avoid oil spills in the past and why are they um, having best practices in place or why they are maybe the leader in the field with the least oil spills. And of course, when you think very long term, also um, the fact that maybe um, they work um, to be carbon neutral overall. Right now, it's hard for us to imagine that. But when you think about the um, the topic of hydrogen, um, this is something where some shipping companies already start working on how can they replace um let's say, a fossil fuel with hydrogen power. And um, this is something which we believe is, of course, um, the future. It's a very, very early stage. But um, if we believe the company is um, going in the right direction and they start in a, in a small way, uh, small tryouts, small trials, this is something we want to support. To give you one example when it comes to engagement and, and maybe what do we do as an engagement, we really define those KPIs, so those, yeah, indicators and we address it with the management so when our portfolio manager meets the management we do not only address ESG related topics but especially ocean related topics so how do you plan to become carbon neutral within the next 10 years when do you want to start or, or how much um, of a percentage do you plan to have been um, hydrogen powered over which time period? And then we start to track that and always address it in, in of course, the management meetings where we see management at least uh, once to twice a year. And this is how we want to exercise some kind of pressure, but also, of course, in a way, support them um, with financial means um, by investing in them to, to help them move in the right direction. Thank you. Uh, reporting is maybe the biggest challenge uh, that the industry is facing. Uh, can you describe uh, describe us how your fund addresses this point? 
Yeah, you you found the the one of the critical parts uh, yes. here. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, and I think it's uh, in general a, a huge um, issue or a, a big challenge in in the market when it comes to the topic of sustainability. How do you report on that in a way that it's credible and transparent? And um, at DWS, we have uh, established quite early in 2014 um, an internal ESG data tool where we use external objective ESG data vendors. And in the same manner as we apply those data on all of our ESG funds, we also apply this for this Blue Economy Fund to have this, let's say, base layer of ESG data quality. But then To get back to your question, also, how do we report on the ocean data? This is um, much more challenging because, like I said before, it's one of the most underinvested topics because the data quality is not as good as in the field of climate change, for example. And therefore, um, we decided to partner with WWF Germany exactly for that reason, um, because um, the data gap or the data quality Is, is a major issue and they help us to, to fill this gap. And when we want to report about it, um, in the current stage, we are only able to report it on a single stock basis when we talk about the engagement part in a retrospective way, meaning um, at the end of the year, we will be able to show you exactly which KPIs have we defined with which um, company on an anonymized basis um, to make really clear um, what have we defined and um, how is the company on track with those goals but it's not as easy with like an overall ESG rating for for let's say a broadband ESG fund but we hope that over the future like with the topic of ESG the ocean related data improves over time so that there can be found some KPIs or some measures that can be applied like for example the carbon footprint um, to all the companies and um, with that um, having or giving um, in the market a better transparency over time but we have to start somewhere and um, this is where sure. we start and um, hope to, to improve this over time. Currently, the fund is an Article 8 under SFDR regulation. Do we have plans to, to comply with uh, Article 9 in the, in the near future? Yeah, this is definitely our goal, to be Article 9 compliant, according to SFDR. And in our point of view, there are two factors which are necessary to achieve that. And the very first factor, I think we're, we are on a very good pathway here because we do this active engagement, which, of course, is very important for Article 9 products um, to, to make sure that we really work on the impact or on the po positive impact here. So this is something where um, not just that we engage with the single stocks, we also write um, ocean-related engagement letters and really engage here. So the, the first component in our point of view um, is very well fulfilled. And the second part is getting back to the reporting topic. Um, here we don't um, have the, the confidence yet um, that we have a KPI measure which applies to all of our Uh, holdings and therefore we rather took the defensive approach and said said let's start with article 8 and um, do the the reporting in the best way we can and if we feel good with that because it's a very new approach to have this um, reporting on the engagement part with regards to oceans um, we will 
um, over time converted to an Article 9 product. It's just, um, let's say, a safety measure, but this doesn't mean that um, we reduce the level of transparency. It's rather vice versa um, to make sure that Article 9 in the end is, is really compliant. Thank you. Once again, uh, Europe is leading uh, the, this process and uh, maybe creating too much barriers to, to, to the European uh, companies. Uh, a lot of regulation is coming up. Uh, what is your opinion about uh, uh, regulation in, in Europe? Yeah, also again, it's a, it's a very controversial topic and uh, I, I think it has... I'm sorry for that. <laughs> uh, it has many sides, uh, let's put it that way, but I think uh, the critical questions are the most interesting ones for our listeners. And um, therefore, I think we need some kind of re regulation in order to avoid the topic of greenwashing because um, I think sometimes it's like when you go to the supermarket and you have the the bio um, label on it but you don't really you cannot really prove is it really biological or not or is it just a label what does it actually mean and um, therefore I think it's quite important to have a certain level of regulation in order to make sure that um, the products um, do not do greenwashing and also that maybe at some point they are comparable among each other but like you say on the other hand side maybe um, it can become too much in a way that um, certain areas can be um, excluded um, from the get-go from the beginning because of this regulation part um, I, I don't think so personally um, because companies themselves they also change but still um, we have to really make sure that um, we don't overregulate the topic. And in the end, I think it's even more credible if a company like PWS or us, other asset managers um, give the highest level of transparency that they can, that they just show how they me measure the topic of ESG, and then the client can decide, is this enough for me or do I want more? Um, then, of course, we have this Article 8-9 differentiation. Um, so, yeah, it's still a moving target. And um we, we have to see where, where it's going. I think, like I said, now definitely also has positive sides. And I hope in the future um, we, we're not going to be tilted just uh, in, in one direction, which is growth, um, but that we still have the, the chance that we have now to diversify across different investment styles. So let me be controversial again. Uh, <laughs> do you consider ESG and related matters a, a, a trend or something that came to be here for long? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm 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 getting used to the critical questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so um, I I think it's not a trend because when you think back to the 90s already, um, that's where the entire let's say green movement, political initiatives. Um, has started. We have seen some, let's say, setbacks, but actually the momentum has increased massively and the political and, and regulatory um, environment or, or framework has massively changed. And I think this is the reason why it's not just a trend, but really a long-term um, yeah, development, because not just one or two countries um, are joining this movement, but this is really a global movement, not just when we think about Friday for Future and how people think about um, the topic, which has also changed. Um, it's also that both, or let's say all countries and, and continents, be it from the US, be it China, be it Europe, 
um, we all have the goal to become carbon neutral until 2050. Every country has signed the, the Paris uh, Agreement, um, so we all have signed up for, for global goals, and it's not just a niche topic for a niche audience or niche investors. It has become really mainstream, and I think it, at some point it is just, um, yeah, it, it will just be standard, and if you don't comply with it, it's rather a negative sign than right now it's a positive sign to be ESG compliant. It will be the standard. And uh, probably this is the way we, we have to go in order to, to avoid um, or to mitigate the topic of global warming, climate change and the challenges we're facing here. Thank you. Do you have numbers in terms of performance uh, to compare uh, ESG or a specific blue economy? I know that is quite a niche uh, market yeah. uh, versus uh, non-ESG. Thanks. Yeah, um, that, that's a very good point, because in the end, we all know um, if you want to do something good, you can also donate money. And as we're in the asset management industry, of course, you still have the goal to, to have an attractive return um, and to diversify. So um, when you, for example, look in the past, when you consider the MSCI World Index, like the Global Equity Market Index, and would compare it with the MSCI ESG Screened Index, which of course is an ESG compliant index as it's indicated in the name, you can see that the performance is pretty much comparable over a time period of almost 10 years, because um, like I just said, um, the, the topic of ESG has also taken some time until the data was there. So in 2012, the MSCI ESG Screened Index um, was launched. And um, until end of September, so when we consider the performance until then, it has um, reached around 13% of return, while the MSCI world has reached around 12% over the same period of time. So you see recently the ESG index has even slightly outperformed the, the global index uh, without ESG criteria. But what I want to highlight is there are certain periods of time in like shorter periods of time where one index or the other can have a better performance. But what you really see is that over very long periods of time, um, the, the return is comparable and even the volatility. And I think this is very important to note that the investor does not have to decide between either ESG or return, um, but that this is actually quite complementary and, and can be very well compared. And, and just one last note on that, also to talk about the, the blue economy topic. Um, unfortunately, it was not live last year when, when we were hit by the corona crisis. Actually, during that period of time, companies who were considered ESG leaders um, have also outperformed the traditional uh, um, companies or the ESG laggards, because I think it's quite obvious. Um, customers are being more loyal to companies who um, make sure that they have a good product quality, better safety on their workplace and so on. And when we um, look at the Blue Economy Fund, which was, like I said, all only launched in April, um, we have been able um, to, to hold up with the market quite well. Um, but year to date, over this very, very, very short period of time, we are slightly behind because when you look year to date, what were the best performing sectors? Those were the oil majors, the energy sector, the financial sector. 
And uh, without going too much into detail, but um, I guess you can already assume that, first of all, the energy sector is something you will not find as a direct exposure into our blue economy fund, because that's definitely something we, we do not want to support. I gave you an example in the beginning that we rather want to go away um, also when it comes to to, um, um, to the to the power of or the empowerment of, of the different transportation uh, sectors systems. Um, and secondly, the financial sector here, um, this is something where we do not have an ocean relation. This is really hard to have a link here. Um, and we don't want to force it because th this doesn't make the concept pure play anymore. So those are two sectors um, which are really um, almost not exposed to within the fund. And therefore, um, we weren't able to keep up with um, the broad equity market in this market environment. But long term, we believe that definitely um, renewable energy and, and like I said, in particular, the topic of ocean economy. Um, when you think we just talked about regulation, the EU Commission is working on a framework which will be um, published uh, next year on specifically the topic of sustainable blue economy. We believe that long term, this is definitely um, the growth area and, and where we think the future is. Our time is running out. Let me make you the, the, the last uh, question. Being a global fund, um, do you consider an additional challenge deal with different regulations or is not a problem? Um, considering um, the fact that for many years we, we already manage um, global ESG funds in our company quite successfully, it has never been a problem that, um, let's say, the EU is at the forefront and some other countries, um, especially when we think about the US and the former president who actually left the, the Paris Climate Agreement. Um, nevertheless, it's important to note, for example, in the US, um, you also have big pension funds who are very sustainable. And in the end, you have to look also where the money goes. And um, therefore, we have rather made the experience that Europe as a, as being in the forefront is rather a role model where um, other countries like also in Asia, Malaysia, for example, or Taiwan, they rather take us as role model, as pioneer and orientate, orientate themselves um, on us. Um, so we think that other countries will rather follow us. So we haven't had a problem in the past and I think it will actually improve uh, in the future even further. So for us, it's um, extremely positive when we when we think about the future. Thank you, uh, Teresa. Uh, thank you for uh, all insights you kindly share with, uh, with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.